We're now going to look at God's Word. Last time, I spoke on the subject of trusting God in hard situations. And today, I'd like to talk about something which goes along with that, which is endurance and what the Bible says about it. Um, We're going to be looking at uh, Hebrews, which isn't the Old Testament, but Hebrews is quoting from the Old Testament in the passages we'll look at. And it's a great example of how New Testament writers used the Old Testament. Because the way they used the Old Testament stories is it gives us a good pattern for how we can use Old Testament stories. So endurance, what does it mean? What does it mean to endure? It means to not give up. But it's a little bit more than that. It means you keep going even though it's hard. It's like the idea of not giving up through some difficulties, through hardness. But there's one more idea, and that's that it's worth it. There's something there that makes it worthwhile enduring and surviving what you're going through. I'm going to give you three motivations today for endurance. And the first of these is our future joy. And we're going to look at uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 2 to 3 for this. And this is the only reference that doesn't directly speak of the Old Testament. Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set out for him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. So, yeah, it it says here that it's joy that motivated Jesus. Um, He was motivated because of the people that he loved, that he knew what he was doing was going to save them. He was thinking of you. You were there in his thoughts, if you're a Christian, bringing him joy, even through the suffering. It was the knowledge that he would be freeing you from your eternal punishment to be with him in glory. And that was the joy that was set before him. So I tried Googling joy in Google Images to see what pictures came up. And this is one of my favorite ones. I'm sorry, I missed the last verse off there. Think of him who endured such oppression against himself by sinners so that you may not grow weary in your souls and give up. Now, that's very important, that we mustn't grow weary and give up. We have to think of Jesus as an example of somebody who endured because of the joy that was set before him. So this is a great motivation and encouragement to endure. So I said I was looking for pictures in Google Images, and this is one of my favorite ones. Do you like that? It's got that kind of completely like abandoned, it's just like full of full of freedom. And uh, so that's, that's my image for joy today. And uh, so the prospect of future joy So I've got a a fun clip of a video to show you in just a moment. And it's it's a a clip of the Stanford Marshmallow Experiment, 
which was in 1970. And in this experiment, they used children of aged four to six years as subjects, and the children could eat a marshmallow. They were each given a marshmallow. They could eat it, but if they waited 15 minutes without giving into the temptation, they would be rewarded with a second marshmallow. And it was to see whether they could endure for the reward of an extra marshmallow. Only a third of them managed to wait. But what was very interesting, they followed up with the same children uh, 10 years later, and those who had waited when they were younger actually were doing significantly better in academically and in other aspects of their lives. So uh, I'm gonna, we're going to watch this video now. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Okay, sit in that chair. All right, here's the deal. Marshmallow, for you. You can either wait, and I'll give you another one if you wait, or you can eat it now. When I come back, I'll give you two, another one, so then you'll have two. But stay in here and stay in the chair till I come back, okay? okay. All right. I'm gonna go do something and then I'll come back. It smells yummy. Oh, it smells really How'd you do? Did you do good? You did? Yeah. You wanted to eat it, didn't you? Yeah. So did I tell you to give you another one? Okay, now you can have both. You need them. <laughs> so did you like that? Um, the One of the boys, 
um, was asked how he did it. And he said, I promised myself I would put both marshmallows in, in at once. And that's what kept me going. And uh, that was the, the boy we saw at the end there. Uh, have you ever had a situation where the joy of the future keeps you going? The joy of the future keeps you going. Now, I'm, I've no experience with this, but I'm told that in child, that childbirth is very, very painful. But the joy of the new life that comes into the world at least mitigates that pain that we, that, that women go through. Uh, uh, another, another story. Um, so a while ago, Anne decided that she would make a gift for one of our grandsons who is into Minecraft. He loves Minecraft. And she decided that she would make him a blanket of, of Minecraft squares. And this was a huge amount of work. It took her months. How long did it take you? A few months. And with a lot of time, a lot of hard work. But what kept her going, what was motivating her was the joy of when he got this blanket. And you can see his little face. He's just so excited and he still loves this blanket. And so it's very common in, in our lives that we're motivated by what brings us joy. And uh, the... Other things like studying for an exam, it, you know, with the, the, the hope of passing that and looking forward to that great mark that we get, working hard for promotion, um, saving up for something special. All of these things can motivate us to, to endure hardship in order to get this joy that we would like, want to get at the end. So, the first motivation then that we have to endure is anticipated joy. And that was, Hebrews tells us, that was something that motivated Jesus when he was on the cross. So a second one I want to give you is faith. Quite simply, uh, uh, um, endurance will actually strengthen or has the capacity to strengthen our faith. So Faith, I want to suggest, is like a muscle that needs developing. And it's something that we, um, we need to exercise to develop. And we're going to, uh, so when you're developing this step of trust, every time you do it, it strengthens your faith. And we're going to see in a minute how Abraham's faith muscle was developed across his life's journey. So um, uh, I've got a little <clears throat> example here. So I don't know if any of you know what this is. This is uh, a weight that um, you can attach to yourself and, it, and when you're working out, and it makes the workout tougher. And as you do this, you will, you will uh, You'll have to work out harder because you've got these weights you're holding on to. But that will actually help you. This extra endurance of having the weights on you will actually help you to develop your muscles better and develop that faith muscle. So um, uh, a story from my life. When we first when we came to Canada in 1991, that was the second time we came. 
I was due to graduate in 1993, and I got no idea what I was going to do after that point. I had a, a wife and two children to look after, and uh, as the, the date, my graduation date, got closer and closer, I was praying to God, and uh, it seemed to me, it felt like I was walking along a diving board across into a swimming pool and, and the diving board was going to end at that date. And I didn't know what, you know, whether I'd fall into the water or whether something else would be supplied at that point. Um, but I trusted that God had brought me here and I trusted that God would provide. And he did amazingly, like right, right at the last minute, uh, God opened up a door and it was very clear that he was asking me to stay in Canada. And so that event strengthened me for future opportunities to exercise faith because I'd experienced God coming through for me at that point. So we can see Abraham's story, many things like that that happened. So the first stage was when he left his homeland. And in this is this is reading in Hebrews 12. By faith, Abraham, sorry, this is Hebrews 11. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out into a place he would later receive as an inheritance. And he went out without understanding where he was going. And then we have stage two. He was told not to put down roots. By faith, he lived as a foreigner in the promised land as though it were a foreign country, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, who were fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with, a, with firm foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So during this time, he was just having to rely totally on, on, on the Lord, moment by moment. But then it continued. He was promised a child. And of course, he didn't get one straight away. And so for 25 years, he was waiting for a child. And we read, and this, of course, Sarah is involved in this same set of, of tests of faith. By faith, even though Sarah herself was barren and he was, was too old, he received the ability to have children because he regarded the one who'd given the promise to be trustworthy. So, in fact, children were fathered by one man and this one as good as dead, like the number of stars in the sky and like the innumerable grains of sand in the seashore. And then later on, it talks about another test of his faith that he had. And this is possibly even a greater test, which was when he was asked to sacrifice his son, Isaac. And uh, possibly even harder because he had to be active in that and do something. Um, so uh, these are these are, are different kinds of faith he's given, but he all of them strengthen him in his faith. So sometimes in our faith we just have to hang in on there, hang in there, and we do what's right. So it's like a work situation; we just have to hold on. Sometimes we have to take an active step in faith. Um, um, many many years ago, I would I worked for IBM, and I had a, a situation where there was a very unpleasant boss in the department I was. Everybody was 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 
um, being stressed out by this boss. Very unpleasant. And um, I prayed to God about it and just endured this. And then God did something absolutely remarkable. I've never, ever heard of this sort of thing ever happening before or since. But um, IBM decided that they would do um, an employee satisfaction questionnaire across the entire world, every single office. And they would give each employee half a day to fill out quite a book of questions. And this satisfaction questionnaire had a whole section on your your boss and how satisfied you are and everything about your boss. And then in the, in the weeks following, the senior management had to put an action plan into place with every area where employee satisfaction was low. And um, they did so. And our boss was was let go. And um, there were, I remember a cheer going up in our department when we heard the news. And this whole period of like being in the wilderness was over and we had just a wonderful boss and it was just a, a new situation. So that was a quite a horrible time of endurance that I remember going through. Um, but but that's nothing compared with the endurance of, of some of the Old Testament characters like Joseph, who he, first of all, sold as a slave by his own brothers, betrayed by his own brothers. Then he he goes to Egypt. He works really, really hard. He's really faithful. And then he's false accusations made against him and he's put into prison. But in prison, he endures that and he um, he works and uh, he's, he doesn't give up on his faith. His faith continues during that time and his faith grows in that it's his his faith is developed and it's rewarded as he grows through that and then finally of course he comes out and, and answers pharaoh's question about interpreting his dreams and as a result of that he's elevated to the second highest person in the land and is able to do amazing things with the responsibility that he's given um and but but I want to suggest to you that throughout this process, God was de uh, developing his faith. That faith muscle that he had in each of those situations was being developed through the, the endurance in each situation. So that when he came finally to do the job God was preparing him to do, he had the faith to do it that he might not have been able to if he went straight into this um, position of ruling the land of Egypt. So uh, I want to um, su suggest to you that sometimes endurance can be reframed in our minds if we think of it as an opportunity to develop our faith. We can think of it the the bad situation we're in, we can think of it as something which can help us just work and develop that faith, just as Abraham's faith grew through his life as he was in different situations and Joseph's faith grew in his life. And so if we think of the in, the thing we're enduring as not necessarily just all bad, but having the opportunity of developing our faith, then I think it can be a very positive thing that we can have. So just to summarize, so far, we've looked at future joy, which is in Hebrews 12, 2 to 3. We've looked at 
faith developed and rewarded in the life of Abraham. And then I'd like, thirdly and finally, to look at faith, uh, sorry, endurance being a specific training. And my my visual prop for this is uh, this book here. So um, many years ago, I used to teach um, IT courses and programming courses. And this is a, a course I taught on C++ programming, if any of you know what that is. And this is a workbook. And basically, somebody doing this course had to fill this in. And they had to basically work through and fill it all in and, um, and get the uh, – and, and this, this was the workbook that they had to be going through. And uh, lots of exercises in there. And I want to suggest to you that our endurance of this life is like a workbook. And just like when they completed this course, they said, got a certificate saying, you know, you've completed, you've graduated in C++ and so on. We will get God saying to us, well done, good and faithful servant. And so the, the, the training then that we get through endurance is something which develops us in this way. And so I, I'd i like to look at uh, Hebrews 12 in this because it's a really, really, uh, I think, develops this very well and puts this point very, very clearly, much more clearly than I could. And uh, I just want to say that uh, you'll see this in this passage here, that the word, I put in the word training in red, just to show you how frequently it occurs and different translations translate that Greek word with different different ways. But I think actually training is um, in this context is a good and accurate way of translating this word. So let's read then Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5. And have you forgotten the exhortation addressed to you as sons and daughters? My son do not scorn the Lord's training or give up when he corrects you. For the Lord trains the one he loves and chastises every son and daughter he accepts. Endure your suffering as training. So this is my, like, my, my key line for this. Endure your suffering as training reframe it in your mind this is actually training god is treating you as sons and daughters for what son or daughter is there that a father does not train but if you do not experience training something or sons have share in then you are illegitimate and are not children besides we have experienced training from our earthly fathers and we respected them, shall we not submit ourselves all the more to the Father of Spirits and receive life? For they trained us for a little while as seemed good to them, but he does so for our benefit that we may share his holiness. Now all training seems painful at the time, not joyful, but later it produces the fruit of peace and righteousness for those being given, those exercised by it. Um, so a good example of this, and I'm not going to read you the, the passages, I'll just remind you of the story, but Moses 
was born in Egypt and he was destined to lead a nation, the nation of Israel. And from a very early age, he realized that um, to lead them out of slavery to the promised land. And at the age of 40, he thought he was ready to take this on and started a mini uprising. Uh, but nobody wanted to be with him. Nobody wanted to follow him. He was doing it in his own strength. And it turned out to be an uprising of one. And uh, he had to run for his life. So for the next 40 years, he was a shepherd in the wilderness. And it must have seemed to him like a waste of his life. But why was it not? He was being trained. He was enduring this period of time for 40 years, but he was being trained. He learned, for, for one thing, how to live in the wilderness, which was going to be pretty useful later on when he had to lead the nation through. Um, he learned to look after sheep. And I'm going to guess that, that learning to be a shepherd isn't that different to learning to look after the people who he was going to be leading. But most of all, he developed a relationship with God. And you know the story of the burning bush. And he heard God's voice. And for someone who was going to spend the next part of his life, the next 40 years after that, hearing God and then speaking the word to the people, this was the most important training that he could get. And so now he could lead them God's way and not his own. Um, so uh, this is just uh, um, quite a remarkable example of God not taking him straight away when he was 40, but giving him this like going to school for 40 years, enduring. And the endurance was just what he needed. And like he, like he wrote five, five books of the Bible, he had an experience of God which... Um, was unparalleled with Old Testament prophets. Extraordinary, but it didn't come out of nowhere. It came out of God giving him this period of endurance. Now, I preached on something similar to this six years ago at New Life. And at that time, Bumo shared with us uh, his own personal experience of training, uh, sorry, of, oh yes, of training and enduring. And uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to just show you the clip of Bumo at that time, just sharing this with us. Um, okay, so uh, as, as you guys know, I think I did share this a couple of weeks ago. I've been studying for at least the past probably uh, five years, I think, um, and nothing shorter than that. And uh, recently I, uh, I had to uh, um, write uh, examinations and, uh, I mean, the process is quite arduous. Um, um, you've invested a lot. I mean, if you, uh, had spoken to me earlier, I, I was working 100, 120 hours a, a week for, uh, for the greater part of, uh, the past five years. And, uh, to write the exams as, um, uh, not a given, um, you have to be, rated by the university that you, you won't embarrass them by uh, by writing the exam. So just being given the opportunity to write the exam is an honor on its own. Um, and then the exams also come at a cost. You have to pay 4000 out of pocket to actually uh, write the exam. 
Um, and uh, two months ago, after a lot of studying and a lot of strife and a lot of praying, and I think part of the praying was done by you guys, so I, I do appreciate that. Um, I wrote the uh, my uh, board examinations, and uh, I'm happy to say that I um, I passed, and uh, it was by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Oh, that was great. That was really, really lovely. Um, and uh, I want to share another story with you. And uh, back um, a number of years ago, I was the principal of a seminary, Toronto Baptist Seminary. And uh, uh, I had a, we had an experience there that was, I think, quite, really quite interesting. There was a student who came to Bible College from the U.S. And God had saved him. Um, out of a, a very bad lifestyle before he became a Christian. And uh, God just worked him amazingly. And now he was coming to Bible college from New York State. And everything was in order. It was everything was worked out financially. Everything was worked out in terms of uh, the, uh, the travel. And uh, when he got to the border, he had all his documentation in place. But the border agent looked up his police record saw some of the stuff that was in his previous life and turned him away and said, you can't come to Canada. So I had a phone call from him, very discouraged in the US saying, telling me what had happened. And I said to him, I believe that this is a spiritual battle. And I believe that God is going to use this to develop your faith. Um, we're going to, I'm going to pray. I want you to pray. I'm going to get the student body to pray. And in three or four days, I want you to try again. And he did. And the next time he came through, it was, it was amazing. It was just like, welcome to Canada. Here's a four year study visa. You know, it was wonderful. And, uh, uh he is now a pastor and I believe that he is stronger in his faith because of what happened, because he had this experience of trusting God and this hardship, and yet God develops his faith in this experience. Uh, so uh, I, I want you to, to think then of this uh, of, of troubles that you're going through right now as opportunities to develop your faith in God and develop yourself as a Christian. So um, I want us then to, to think of these three things, these three um, motivations. And the first of these is joy. And uh, that's my, it's my, my picture for it. But actually, um, we can use the, uh, we can use the, the marshmallow as our, um, as our, uh, Model. This isn't actually a marshmallow. This is cotton wool. But you can think of the marshmallow as um as a, a visual image because I want you to remember these things. These things. So this is this is the joy that's set before us. The second is growing in our faith, and either a dumbbell or some sort of thing that gives us exercise. Um, and this is this is growing the faith muscle. And the third visual I want you to remember is the workbook that, that God is training us. And it's like a training manual. We have to go through and do the exercises in here. And these enable us to go to be trained for the work that God wants us to do. And so I want then to 
I want you to, to think of these things, to remember these things, and most of all, I want you to apply these things to your current situation. And I want to ask you, is God training you right now? Is he developing your faith muscle right now? Is this something which you can reframe from, oh, this is such a horrible thing I'm going through to, wow, this is an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to be stronger, an opportunity to learn what God wants me to learn. And I want to challenge you because this is clearly what we've been learning in the book of Hebrews as it describes the Old Testament stories and it shows us how to apply the Old Testament stories to our life right now. So I'm going to pray for all of us right now that we can take this message in and we can apply it to what we're going through now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these uh, accounts that we've read of how you turned what appeared to be negative into something really positive. And we pray for each one of us here that you will grow our, 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 our faith. You will train us how you'd want it, want us to to what you want us to learn so that we can do the the carry the responsibilities you want us to and lord we pray that you would show us the joy give us a glimpse of the joy that's set before us that will be enable us to endure anything that's in our way so father we thank you for your word and we pray lord your spirit will will really enable us to grasp this and put into practice in our lives we ask it in jesus name amen